I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. She told me the topic and I went, ooh! I did like, it was more of a noise than a, than a word. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm excited. A big, a big size you pondered yeah. over what you're going to reveal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's haunted by the ghosts of our dead relationships. I'm Carolyn Bergier. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we're diking out with comedian Caitlin Reese about cheating. Caitlin performed in HBO's Women in Comedy Festival and was a finalist on Amazon Prime's Comics Watching Comics. And you can catch her performing stand-up all around New York and in festivals around the country. Caitlin, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. As this episode comes out, you have probably just walked off the stage at Stonewall and you killed it. You did great. <laughs> Man, you just really one of the best on the lineup. I'm going to fall off the stage now. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Prove us wrong. You're going to kill somebody Actually, in the front row. That's yeah. how you're going to kill. That will be the funniest thing I ever do on stage in my life would be falling off the stage. <laughs> I mean, it's really the best form of comedy. It is. I yeah. think. Yeah. Frat falls are yeah. the originals. Yeah. yeah, I've been following on um, children getting hurt on Instagram pages. <laughs> oh, that's so satisfying. I love it. I watched a video yesterday of um, the, it's like a, it's like surveillance footage, basically. But this woman was walking her little like two year old and the kid fell into a manhole. But someone the kid's fine. Like just to clear that up. And then like she lifts a manhole cover the cover and throws it, which was kind of fucking awesome because mm-hmm. I was like those things are heavy and this woman was just flung it like with mom strength and then someone came and they they fished the kid out right away but someone 
redubbed the video to uh, like Super Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> so they made like the <laughs> sound when the kid fell and then when he came back up. That's it was amazing. Fucking hilarious. That's appropriate. I yeah. Like it. Yeah. Grab anyway, your coins. Kids falling in manholes <laughs> is just evergreen. Always funny. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Some quick announcements that we have. More manholes. If you don't know where your kid is, yeah. check the nearest check manhole. The manholes. <laughs> um, on November 21st at 7 p.m., I'm going to be performing at the People's Improv Theater in the underground performance space doing a show as part of Solocom. It's called I Wrote This Yesterday. It's going to be a half hour of comedy written the day before because I like to procrastinate. And What a perfect uh, show for you. Yeah, I wanted to put on a show, but I didn't want to have to do too much preparation uh-huh. or be stressed out about it and uh, hating myself for procrastinating. So I'm like, why not do something where I literally can't do anything about mm-hmm. it until the day before and then panic all day and then... I look forward to this. Yeah, I'll be in rare form that night. Um, <laughs> it's going to just be a half hour open mic starring me (laughs) what could go wrong uh our next show at stonewall is monday november 28th so come to that we'll have um jess solomon and aman el husseini who have performed on the show before separately but they'll be on it this time as the el solomon's yes oh my god just to clear up that's monday november 25th Oh, that's man. Okay. That's okay. That's right. But you got the Monday part right. Everyone knows it's the last Monday of the month. All right. Well, Monday, November 25th is our next Stonewall show. And our last announcement is on Monday, December 16th, is our Dyke the Halls Holiday Spectacular at Joe's Pub. What a mouthful for a show title. I love it. There are two <laughs> queer puns in it. Yeah. Well, the full name <laughs> is Dyke the Halls, a Dyking Out Holiday Spectacular. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Just so everybody knows. If ever, yeah. Like, talk about, set, like, we're not, we're not being accused of false advertising here. This is a gay-ass holiday show. We're still planning, and uh, if anybody knows where we can find some butch rockettes, I think that would be uh-huh. I was just gonna ask a fun addition. Spectacular, I mean, there should be dancing. I feel like there's always... Oh, yeah. yeah. There will be dancing... There will, there will be music. Are we going to dance? Are we going like, um, to? I no. hope not. <laughs> I, I tried roping Sarah into singing. And yeah. Then I think we're, we're like, let's bring that. other people to do that. Like my dream of singing on stage at Joe's Pub is just <laughs> never going to happen. Your fingers. Well, why'd you move to New York, really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah. Come to that. Tickets are on sale. You can go to the Joe's Pub website to get those. Um uh, a glaring omission from last week's episode on bad lesbian movies, and we mentioned this on Instagram, but uh, Jenny's Wedding. I just have to shame on us for oh, not bringing up Jenny's uh-huh. Wedding with, with Catherine, Catherine Heigl. Heigl. I mean, who could forget? See, I get that so one bad. mixed up with her other wedding movie that she did, 27 Dresses. Yeah. So I just, in my mind, it's a mashup. They're both yeah. equally gay. She's a, she's In my mind, she's a lesbian who's in a lot of weddings as a bridesmaid. Yeah. And Might as well be. her own... And I and I don't know. There's yeah. never been less chemistry between two people. Uh-huh. And my sister was watching it, uh, and I was visiting her. It was after she had her first kid. I was like, "What are you watching? What is this movie? Who is it for?" Right? Because it's, it, it's not for lesbians. I don't know what any Katherine Heigl movie is for. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who <laughs> she was supposed to appeal to at some yeah. point. <laughs> Who's the audience? Who's casting her? Right, Who's, right. I don't know. I. 
Well, sorry we left that out for the for I do the feel like, I, I for feel Jenny's wedding stands that, out there. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad that Catherine Hagel gets so much hate. I know. Yeah, I, I mean, shouldn't, I shouldn't hate on her. Is she like a, a bad person, I've, or is it just that? I think I have everything I've read indicates that she's kind of a nightmare on a set. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, aren't they all though? I'm going to be a huge nightmare on a set when I become famous, just yeah. to warn everyone who <laughs> would potentially work with me. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, and and the other error was that Thelma and Louise do kiss in the movie. I noticed Kendall that. Is right. I didn't. Uh, so you've seen Thelma and Louise. Yes. So I forgot we, that they kiss. We had like a mini debate on the last episode if they kiss each other before at the very end the before they drive off the cliff. Because we thought they didn't kiss, that they just held hands. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Um, but Apparently they do kiss. Is it, It's not like, like romantic though, right? No, but it's like. On well, the mouth, though. It's on the mouth, and Gina Davis kind of does a little moan afterwards. Yeah, and, you know, Gina, and they're both wearing high-waisted jeans, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I connected the dots. I mean, <laughs> that that was, like, more lesbian kissing than Glee yeah. had in four seasons, so. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That was, I, I can't, I don't know if it's just, like, my mind now is so saturated with, Mm-hmm. queer things that I forgot about that when I'm sure when I first saw it I probably like clung to that visual that for one of years your, like, and yeah. roots yeah moved on yeah. somehow and oh another thing that I want to talk about is past guest Amber Rallo had quite, quite the weekend. a week yeah yeah mm-hmm. She, uh, so did she produce that show or was she no no she was there supporting a comedian Kelly. Yeah, Kelly Bachman. Yeah, Yeah. Kelly Bachman um, was part of this show for actors, and they were showcasing event, uh, invite only event or something. Yeah, yeah, it was called Actors Hour, and uh, Amber went there to support her friend Kelly, who Mm -hmm. she's in a band with. Hashtag Boys Drool. That's the name. That's an awesome band. band. Check it out. And yeah, and Harvey Weinstein was there. Because he was invited by the fucking people who put on the event. Yes, Not the first the time either. Not that was yeah. actually the second yeah. show he was invited to. Uh, it took place at a bar in New York called Downtime. If you have any extra eggs, you want to fling at a building. Um, yeah. And at a Yelp review, even though this their whole Yelp thing is, is kind tanked. of over. I looked yeah, it up. It's yeah, pretty it's good fucking to space hilarious. out though, the, uh, the Yelp bombs. And is, also, and for anyone who's like, well, don't punish the venue. The venue had complete control over who walks in their fucking doors, believe me. And Well, and they escorted out yeah. the people who are freaking out about Harvey Weinstein. They were there to protect there. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to, to put Harvey Weinstein in a situation full of aspiring actors, which is who he targeted literally, for his rapes yes. and sexual assault. There's over 70 women who have accused him of uh, sexual assault. In sexual varying harassment. degrees, yeah. Um, and of those, I think 14 are rape. Yep. So he's a serial predator, and they yeah. invited him into their into their building to sit there amongst aspiring actors, yeah. literally the very people he would groom as his victims. So, and they, they were asked not to mention anything mm-hmm. about him being there when they were on stage, uh, even though the organizer really tried to make build this free speech defense for why he was there which is insane and people don't understand free speech Mm -hmm. and uh anyway kelly went up there and did an amazing job because i don't know in that situation if i could have thought on my feet Mm -hmm. you know sometimes Mm -hmm. like the rage just kills any creative or funny Mm -hmm. instinct that uh, your instinct that you want to throw the mic in his head and both kelly and amber are uh rape survivors Mm -hmm. and 
the whole evening was so traumatic for them, but Kelly spoke up, Amber supported her, uh, recorded the set, and Amber also went up to um, Harvey and called him a monster and told him he should disappear. Good. And was called a cunt by one of his goons. Good. And then that's when you know you've won. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So Amber's the best. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's our episode on stripping. Yep. Halloween is this week. It is Halloween. You don't like Halloween. I don't. We've talked about this before. Like my general dislike for Halloween and my, uh, I guess my like just apathy towards astrology are kind of the two marks against me in the, in the queer world. Uh (laughs) (laughs) This is the time of year where it's very obvious that I'm just a fraud in the community because I like do not, I just think, I don't know. I think Halloween is for kids. Like it's cute when kids celebrate it, but I think that, I think it's fine when adults do it, but I wish we would. I wish we would collectively decide we are celebrating Halloween on one night, mm-hmm. which generally is the Saturday closest to Halloween. So like last night, but I didn't like, it's the whole making it into like a whole month thing is exhausting mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Like, why do we need a fucking month for this holiday? Yeah. Yeah. It's very silly. I feel I like know. I have Halloween every night living on Bedford Ave. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I live in Brooklyn. I don't need this. Just, like, drunk, I, just, just drunk monsters year round. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also kind of like in Brooklyn, you're like, wait, like you don't want to, you can't just assume everything is a costume because it's like this could just be how this person dresses. I don't know. This could just be a Saturday night for them. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there was one time in Brooklyn that I was going to a Halloween theme show, and they encouraged the audience to dress up and said it was a, a contest with a prize at the end. So I went dressed up. I won the contest. I was also the only person dressed up in the audience. But that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but I won, and I had a fun time with the, Great. With the prize. And uh, I was walking around though in my Edward Scissorhands costume, which is awesome. It's mm-hmm. like spot on, full on Scissorhands mm-hmm. walking around Greenpoint. Nobody gave me a second glance. <laughs> right, like nobody <laughs> looked at me. Like it, and it was like not Halloween. It was like two weeks before Halloween. Oh, see, yeah, and I, I and bet nobody, they, like, nobody thought that was well. That's that's my approach yeah. too. When people dress up too early for Halloween, I'm yeah. like, I'm not gonna acknowledge this person. I'm not giving this oxygen. Like I can't. I mean, I was glad. I was like, yeah. I don't like that. I'm having to walk around. <laughs> It was like 10 minutes from the train station that I have Did to walk around Did you feel any pressure to like trim the hedges along the street or anything or any trees? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have like held the subway door with just like your claw yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine oh, trying to like God. swipe your Metro car through. <laughs> That's what I want to see the modern day. I want, I want yeah. Edward Scissorhands set in New York. Just trying just to get the, through a day. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, um... But yeah, I don't know. You you went out for Halloween, but, or I mean, you went out this weekend. Yes. Were you dressed up? No. No. (laughs) So uh, I know I got my, I like had a whole slutty outfit. Yeah. And then I got my period and I was like, no. (laughs) Uh, So I just dressed how I normally dress. And when I showed up to a party last night, they're like, you're Daria. I was like, fuck you guys. This (laughs) is just (laughs) who I am. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I do think Daria and Jane is a good. Lesbian and couple costumes. That's a costumes. good last minute because I know you guys all have the the full costumes yes. in your closets as it is. Exactly. So. Right. We also had uh, a listener share with me their uh, Velma and Daphne couples costume. Oh, that's cute. But the best thing is, previously she'd done that couples costume, but with her ex boyfriend as Fred. Oh my god! <laughs> so I really love this idea of I do like love that up, uh, a gay update. 
on yes. your couple's costume. Yeah, a gay reboot of a couple's costume in which you don't really have to make any changes. Yeah. Just wear the same one. Yeah, just reclaim it. And then your ex will be like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> an elaborate ruse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did want to go as the final scene in the, the perfection, but I knew that one, nobody would know what that was. Yeah, niche audience. Mm. Yeah, too niche. And then also I just didn't have time for Halloween this year. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be a spam folder this year and just yell at people about Viagra (laughs) (laughs) and then like try to con people into giving me their social security number. Wait, how's that different than your usual (laughs) shtick? That's how we met. (laughs) Every time I see you, you're yelling at me about Viagra. (laughs) It's not just for men, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I was too busy to get something together for Halloween because I went to California for a straight wedding and then it was on a Wednesday. So you had to make like a whole thing out of it. You couldn't just go for... Typical the day of the wedding. People. Who like commits on a Wednesday? Day. A whole week out of their wedding. The nerve. No, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was in Big Sur, and I really I had some fears going into it, uh, being a, a comedian at a wedding where you don't know many of the people because mm-hmm. it was a small wedding, and I'm like, oh no, people are going to ask me a lot of questions about comedy and I don't want to talk about it and they're yeah. going to ask me to tell them a joke. No, people were pretty good about it. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. They behave yeah. themselves. I love that. They behave themselves. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, there was some fun in the fact that there was, um, there weren't that many single people there and uh-huh. there was only one single woman there. And Wow. Uh, <laughs> and That's she my was, worst nightmare. <laughs> and she was 73. Okay. <laughs> I hope my friend's listening to this that I'm just ratting out her. <laughs> Only single friend. The drama wedding. No, it was it was her aunt and ended up making out with one of the groom's friends who was like 28, 29. I mean, I think wow. that's pretty a little, awesome. It's a pretty bad bitch move right yeah. there. A little Harold and Maude. Yeah, love- it was, <laughs> it was pretty I love exciting. That. Yeah, we were all like, that's yeah. amazing. That's too funny. Way to go, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and I got to wear my my suit again, which is my favorite thing to do now yeah. is wear a suit to a straight wedding. Yep. Yeah. And just really outshine the groom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all there for anyway. Yeah. yeah. We're all there to be like, look what you could have had. <laughs> <laughs> just conceptually, not me personally, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we're going to have a lot to say on I think our topic so. today. Let's get into so it. Let's get into it. Cheating. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> she told me the topic and I went, ooh. I did like, it was more of a noise than a, than a word. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm excited. A big, a big size. You pondered yeah. over what you're going to reveal. Yeah. So cheating. What are you guys, pro, con? <laughs> you better all pro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people are, I feel like yeah. pro cheating. It's one of those things like, it's it's a thing that you've done or that I've done, but I'm not necessarily, I'm certainly like against it, obviously, in a way. I think it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I've, so my relationship with, with cheating uh, personally is that I've been cheated on physically mm-hmm. and emotionally and I don't really consider it cheating, but I made out with a guy at the end of one relationship because I needed to end the relationship and I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I was like, maybe I'll do something crazy that there's no coming oh, back yeah, from. And for I sure. made I out did with a guy at a bar. Same thing. Yeah. And I, and I never told the person, but it was like, okay, now I've like 
crossed a, right. a line that I set for myself and I have to end it. Yeah. I literally said after we were done making out on my bed, I was like, hold on. And I called the person I was dating and I was like, we're done, right? And they were like, because we both kind of knew it was over, but no one had said it yet. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm officially hooking up with someone right now. So yeah. I'm going to like literally <laughs> stop mid midway Amazing. to like make it official. Like, okay, we're not together, right? Like I don't have to feel like an asshole. And they're like, yeah, yeah we should end this. I was like, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Mine didn't end quite as amicably. Yeah. I've had some bad ones. Yeah. It was mostly a while. I mean, I don't know. I So I have more or less technically cheated on almost every girlfriend I've ever had, uh, which is really shitty to uh-huh. say out loud. Hashtag Sarah Not is the, trash. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> when I was like, and these are relationships that I had when I was like in my 20s. Um, and I wouldn't say... And they were, and they weren't all like official relationships. Like they weren't all like girlfriend girl. There was more people that I was dating, mm-hmm. but I, but that I more more often than not, it's that I wasn't commute. We were not communicative about like the exclusivity thing. Yes, because I think a lot of times, especially when two women get in a relationship, exclusivity is like is just assumed that this is what we're doing or monogamy and that kind of thing. And so for me, it was more that we just hadn't communicated about it, and I just did whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. So that was doing whatever the fuck I want was kind of a theme of my life until a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like that happens a lot though, right? Like people yeah. like a little, I don't want to say take advantage, but you like, you, even though like you kind of, like you sensed like those things, like those expectations were in place. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah. Since we technically didn't talk about it, I forced that fucking conversation real early. Yeah. Well, now it's like, yeah. I mean, now I would, I would know better than to not have that, like, sure. to, well, to have that established. I feel like when you first start dating, when you're like a teenager or your early 20s or whenever you, you have your first relationship, like you go into it assuming you're exclusive or, or like, like even especially yeah. if you date earlier, like mm-hmm. your middle school and high school relationships, like those were never no, I open relationships. Really. Yeah. As soon as somebody says like, so. will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> then, you know, it's yeah. like exclusive and then anything else would be cheating. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Cause we, when we're young, your, your only model of relationships generally is like parents or family or people on TV who are in monogamous marriages. That's yeah. like all we're exposed to. And then cheating is always shown as this like or the horrible plot twist. Thing. Yeah. yeah. The bad thing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that cheating's a good thing, but it, it, right. it's always made to be like, you know, this is like the terrible thing. You never do mm. it. And then, um, then like later in my twenties or like, like in college you're being like a little bit more casual. And then you're having these relationships where you're like just kind of fooling around pe- with people until somebody says, like, are we exclusive? Right. At least that was my experience. So, like, like I had people that I was, like, going on dates with and maybe hooking up with, but there was no expectation at all that we were exclusive. Uh-huh. But when I started dating my ex-wife, we were friends for so long first, but mm-hmm. I... So I didn't know if that meant that once we crossed that line, if we were exclusive or not, mm-hmm. or if we still had that, like wiggle room so like one time I was out without her and uh this other kind of friend acquaintance was being kind of flirty with me and then I was like oh man I like wouldn't mind hooking up but like am would that be cheating am I exclusive I don't know yeah just like didn't because I'm like I I don't want to yeah fuck things up like from the start yeah I don't know what's been your experience 
Um, so I didn't actually start dating till I was a lot older. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I didn't have my first relationship till I was 18. Um, and yeah, that's so I, young. oh, that's super young. Yeah. I didn't have my first relationship well, I until I was college. like 23, 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like literally didn't go on a date until yeah, then. Same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I grew, well, it's, well for me, like, uh, it's actually like cheating actually really ties in. It's like, fu- this is like sad, fucked up stuff, but like. So my dad uh, was a piece of shit and mm-hmm. uh, cheated on my mom my whole life. Um, my brother was always cheating on women and they both like didn't respect and treat women well. And that actually fucked up me fully being gay because I didn't want to be like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like appreciate – I didn't want to like uh, sexualize women or like even like it affected like masturbation, like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I've been like so anti uh she, like obviously like cheating is wrong but like I've been anti I think open relationships too because I grew up around people just really like not respecting um those like agreements yeah. Yeah. and so yeah I've just like I can't even like really go down that road and I don't know how much of it is like what I actually think about it or just the way I was like kind of growing up being around stuff that was like a super big bummer to see that I was like oh well if like I don't want to be anything like you then I'm gonna be the kind of person that will always respect other people hence getting up in the middle of a hookup and being like I gotta make this right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like no one does that yeah <laughs> that's like compulsively trying to like be ethical yeah, I, I think one or both my parents possibly having not been faithful to the marriage mm-hmm. also definitely shaped my thoughts and, and feelings mm-hmm. about cheating because, um, I mean, I know for sure what went on with one of my parents and then with the other one, it's a little like haven't really mm-hmm. talked directly about it, but because I still love this parent you know I had to kind of not that I ever thought that the cheating was okay because with cheating comes lying right Mm -hmm. and comes like lying about your whereabouts and Mm -hmm. having a double life and then that creates like stress and the people around you can feel it and there's all that kind of stuff um but then I love my parent and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make them out to be a monster and couldn't have this mentality that like anybody who cheats is like evil and right. awful and they're terrible. Because there's so much more to it than that. Because right. for yeah. me, I had seen like a very humanized like, oh wow, being a an adult in an unhappy marriage must be really hard. Mm-hmm. And this is like a survival mechanism, or and or this is what this person thought they need to do, and they didn't think they had other options or wh- whatever the reason is, and like trying to justify that. So then later in my first serious relationship when I got cheated on, it was like a real mind fuck of being like, well, you know, trying to understand it from their point of view Uh and excuse like really shitty behavior. And then I was cheated on multiple times within that relationship because I kept like excusing it and trying to be sympathetic to that other person the way I had been to my, my own parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, man, it, um, it's like a very nuanced way to see things from a younger age. Yeah. 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 It was very different than my sister who was just like. Wrote them off. Fuck this other person. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, really hated the the other person involved in the relationship and then he- like held it against my parent for like years mm-hmm. and really had a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Whereas I kind of was like, I can't be angry about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for me, it was more like, like I'm kind of thinking back to, so I was in a two year relationship with 
someone who was like more or less when I met her identified as straight. She does not now. Um, but when we met, I was in a relationship with somebody else at the time. And I was just kind of in this place where I felt I, I spent like a good amount of time after I moved to New York kind of building up my like confidence and like it was the first time in my life that people were like sexually into me mm-hmm. people that I wanted to also be into as well and I was just kind of a fucking asshole yeah like, I just didn't give a shit about anybody, anyone but myself I was in a really selfish place and in hindsight I just should have never been in a relationship mm-hmm. and like I just kind of had this attitude of like I will just do whatever feels good for me in the moment and I didn't really care about anyone else yeah which made me a shit fucking girlfriend to the person that I was with at that time and I uh I basically like lied to the woman that I had met that I got into a relationship with Mm -hmm. and I said that I kind of I was very casual about my current relationship because she was like don't you have a girlfriend and I was like yeah but it's like an open thing which was a fucking lie like, I just said it. Yeah. I don't know why I just yeah. said it. Because I just thought I could, you know? Because in the rela- the relationship that I was in at the time, we were, like, never sleeping together. We weren't. We didn't really connect on a personal level. I don't know what the fuck we were even doing. I honestly, and looking back, I definitely got with her to make somebody else jealous. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of spun into, like, a live-in kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, it sucked. And it was, like... I look back on that and I'm like, I was such a piece of shit back then. And I never even like, I never even like really acknowledged to the woman that I had met after like, I promptly broke up with the person that I was living with at the time, got right into a new relationship with the straight woman from my job. Mm -hmm. And we were together for two years and I still, to this day, I haven't really told her that that was like bullshit. Yeah. That I told her in the beginning, like that was fucked up. Yeah. You know? Um, But that was just kind of like, I was I don't know, I was just in this mindset where I felt like I felt like I deserved to be like happy and excited and fulfilled regardless of who else was involved. Mm-hmm. Like which is quite literally like the worst way to approach <laughs> <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Which obviously I know now, but that was a really selfish point in my life and that was like I don't know. I think I think more than anything it just shows you how much you need to communicate with each other cuz we shouldn't have been in that relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meeting someone new was just kind of like my convenient excuse to like bounce out. Um Yeah, and that wasn't even the only time in that relationship that I had like cheated on her basically. Yeah. She has, she has no idea about any of this, but like it just I don't know. There was just something about being in a relationship that wasn't fulfilling in any possible way that may, that facilitates those feelings so much easier. Like that's not an excuse, but it's an explanation where it's like relationships are so much more complicated than they are like on TV, you know? Cause like on TV you watch something and you are presented with like the sympathetic character, usually a woman and then like her dickhead boyfriend who cheats on her. And you're like, how could that happen? But, but in real life there's a lot more layers to it than that. Yeah. You know, do you think, so you didn't tell your girlfriend at the time or even after what, what are your thoughts on after you've cheated? Do you tell the person you're with? I mean, do you still want to be with that person or do you want to, I don't know. Like I've never been in, I've never been in a position to want to be with the person that I had just cheated on. Mm, I always wanted out. And that was like my way to like justify just cutting off the relationship immediately and yeah. moving on. So I've only emotionally cheated. I was actually in a relationship for 10 years. I spent my 20s being with one partner and uh I emotionally cheated on them like hard and uh our 
our uh, bond was so emotional that that actually was such a big deal that I, I did mm-hmm. took me like six months, but eventually was like, Hey, I've been like having these really like intimate, close conversations with someone else that if you were to read them, I think it would look like we're almost in a, like, we weren't doing anything physical, but it was like, we were basically doing everything else that you would do with like a companion. Yeah. And uh, they were like really upset and hurt about it. And I was like, I'm going to stop doing it. And we were still together for years after that. But even I actually think that emotional cheating hurts more. It does. Than oh, physical yeah. Cheating 100%. Someone who's been on yeah. the other end of yeah. both, I will say emotional was way worse for me. But also because the person who was doing it was in denial about it. Mm-hmm. So I was being gaslit mm-hmm. when that was obviously what was happening. Oh. And you're also watching the person that you love be in love with someone else. Like, like you're witnessing. Yes. But like if someone has a, mm-hmm. a physical affair, most of the time you're not witnessing it. Like you right. don't see it happen. Right. It's only this kind of abstract thing in your mind of like, okay, they said that this is what happened. I have this visual, but I, I didn't witness right, it. Right, right. But then if you like come across the messages between mm-hmm. uh, the person you're with and somebody else, or if you see the way that they look at them when they're in the room yes. and uh, hear the shift in their voice, the way they talk about them, mm-hmm. uh, I I felt like it was so much more painful yeah. and than had they just physically cheated yes. on me and said, oops, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that. Like, why don't you just fuck her? Why do you have to send her good morning and good night texts? You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be easier. Like, literally (laughs) easier if you literally good morning and good night texts. Yeah, Yeah. what's crazy is that, like, so I had an experience where I was with a woman for two years after my. I've been in a lot of relationships, but uh, I was in a two-year relationship after my tenure, and um, I went with them to Vancouver to finally meet their best friend, who they talked about obsessively, and I never got a sense that it was. like something to be concerned about. But then once we were together, the whole, we were there for a week with her and they used to date uh, her best friend okay. and her. And, um, sounds very, you would have <laughs> like literally like we would get a car and they would sit in the front and I would sit in the back when we would walk, they would be next to each other and I would be behind them. Yikes. They Ugh. were, uh, calling each other. I didn't even have a pet name with my ex, but they had pet names that they <gasps> used. And like literally the ex-girlfriend had up all the Christmas gifts she was getting for, it was like Christmas time that week. Like all the gifts she was getting for people and all of her closest friends who were getting a gift that she was like checking off on this list had like just, it was like Sarah and Carolyn, right? But then my ex was like, whatever, snuggle puss. Like they, you know what I mean? Like oh, this was the that. only person who was like. Oh and Christmas gifts for their friends anyway. I don't do that shit for any of my friends. <laughs> but yeah, it was really that's, intense. That's a, very, was really intense. Uh, that's a very submersive experience that you have where you're like, in it yeah like wow i'm in this i'm in like this performance art right now yeah it feels like i'm being punked is this fucking real i was stuck in another country watching the person i was in love with clearly still be in love with their ex Yikes. for a week <laughs> and my phone wasn't working so i couldn't even talk to my friends back home i was just in a living hell it wow. was awful uh yeah and then oh my god like we literally went to couples therapy after that because i was like yeah because she wouldn't uh, see that. I was like, y'all need, I'm like, you can be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. But I'm like, y'all need uh, boundaries and y'all still are clearly in love. Yeah, we're yeah. in a fucking room. <laughs> but agreed. I almost wanted to be like, do y'all just want to take this room and I'll sleep on the couch? Like, yeah. Do, <laughs> do you want to go sleep on the train? Would that make you feel, is, is that good? I'm just going to head out. Yeah. What, was she aware 
of this or was she just like completely oblivious and just acting in a way that felt natural to her? No, she was like making it that I was the one being like so ridiculous, of course. And I was like, gaslighting is a very uh, real thing. And like kind of, I feel like the first tool in the kit. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing that you get when you approach that situation is you're gaslit immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're not crazy. Like, right. You know what you're seeing and you know what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I would never... Yeah, they that's, like that's hard, especially being in another you're in another country. Yeah. Oh my god. And they like weirdly like owned all the same stuff. Like they had the same backpack. They for Christmas accidentally got each other the same elephant painting. Oh, how cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this would be adorable if they were dating. Exactly. There oh needs to be god. a there needs to be a little office in the US embassy of every country that's just some dyke <laughs> sitting there ready for this. Yeah, yeah. You walk in, yeah. you're like, I'm here with my girlfriend and she is all over her her best friend. I think they're in love. And she's like, say no more. And she presses a big red button and a helicopter just evacs me. you to the airport and you yeah. get out of there. Oh my God. This with, sounds like a short film. Like a, she, uh, a horror film. She yeah. got in trouble with her pre- previous partner, my ex, for having this dynamic. But they like took a break from talking and she thought that it was like dealt with. So she was like, you're being ridiculous. I've already worked on this problem. Like, yo, it's Wait, still... Wait, she, so she, another girlfriend yes. has had the problem with that same best yes. friend? Okay, hi. That's a pattern. Right. Yeah. So she, you're making like everyone you're dating uncomfortable because you're clearly still in a relationship with your ex. She just happens to live in Ireland and you can't be with her. <laughs> wow. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it was insane. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Wow, that sounds a little bit like my first relationship. Actually, the first girlfriend I had was obsessed with somebody who ended up being my second girlfriend. (laughs) Of course. Uh, but, But like at the time, I was like... I wasn't threatened by it because I thought this other person was so clearly straight, mm-hmm. but, and, and like, not that we were a good match for each other, but, and we all work together and having to be around them, just watching them to have like more chemistry than we yeah, did. That's and, not like, yeah. and, and then I, I finally <laughs> called it quits when it was Valentine's day and my girlfriend bought a gift for this other person and hadn't gotten anything for me. Oh yeah. It was like late on my gift and I'm like, cool. yeah, I'm pretty sure this is over. Cool. Yeah. But, but it was that thing. Like I didn't want to, because like, I'm, you know, nobody wants to be the jealous girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to like that. That's not attractive. So I, 
in any relationship, like I don't like to be jealous of somebody or a situation until it gets to like code red level of inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and because then you don't want somebody to be like, you're crazy. Like, what are you thinking? Well, you, you don't know? want to be gaslit about yeah, it. Yeah. So right. I yeah. make sure I'm like in a place where, but then it's like, then things have already gone too far. No, it's not, it's not <laughs> criminal court. You don't have to build a case before you're uncomfortable about it. That's the thing. It's like yeah. your, your, your instinct and your like gut, you know, your gut feeling about it is probably correct. Yeah. You know, like it, if there's feelings between those two people. You know, I can safely say I've never emotionally cheated on anyone. Yeah. It's always ever just been like yeah. physical because I'm because I drink and do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've emotionally fallen in with someone, but um, but basically it literally immediately cut it off with the with the person that I was currently with, which yeah. is not great. But <laughs> but I think one should not leapfrog no. into the next relationship <laughs> ever. Yeah. But that's how that's what it was. Right. You know, and that's kind of the place I was in in my late twenties is I right. was just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Well you're talking about like I think your motivation for doing that stuff, right? It sounds like it usually I think has little to do with the other person that you're yeah. with. Oh, it had nothing to do with right. it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's your own like self discovery. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Which I could have used a therapist at that time. Mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah. We'll just go from there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um I don't know. And I think and so what do you guys think about like I feel like I've seen a lot of examples lately of, in, in my personal social circle of people who get into open, who are in a monogamous relationship and then decide either one person decides or they both decide to do the open relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And it almost always never works out. Exactly. Cause <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't go start from, mono. Right. You you don't start from monogamy and go back. I don't think to not. Yeah. I, I also think that in those scenarios, it's usually one person who wants it more. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the other person's just trying to be yes. like agreeable. Yeah. Yes. Or not. Like, wow, maybe this will help save the relationship. It's always a prelude to a breakup. Always. always. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's dress rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. It's tech week for a breakup. Yeah. It's so It's let's obvious. flail around while we still want to hold on to something. Yeah. And yeah. I've noticed like in a couple of examples of friends that I have that have that have found themselves in, you know, a long-term relationship where and where their partner wants an open one, it's specifically because of one person mm-hmm. that they want to sleep with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not a they're they're not introducing it as a concept. It's more like yeah, it's I want like to fuck my coworker. Thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. And it is all I feel like it's always a prelude to a breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but but that doesn't but to me, that doesn't discredit open relationships no. because I know people who are in very, very fucking healthy, successful, sure, fully sexually open relationships. But those two people are together on like their bedrock is like solid communication from jump, like yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I I do think that a lot of times when people ask for open for an open relationship, it's that they want permission to cheat. Yeah, but like they don't want to be. They don't want to cheat cheater. because they don't feel because that that would be bad, right? That would be bad. But like, if I get permission for it, yeah, it's like if you get permission from your mom to like leave school early to go to like some some sporting event or something, but like you do heroin on that event, yeah, and you like <laughs> you smack someone's meal, like you commit crimes, yeah, while you're off school. Like I got permission to leave school, but then I went and did something bad, right? You know, it's kind of right. like yeah. I'm not completely guilty here. I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like you, you just want to haul pass, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Which a hall pass is also fine if both people completely are okay with it. I was in this. So that 10-year relationship, they were trans. And um, it like went a couple different ways with like identity and mm-hmm. presentation. And it got to a combination that was not sexually compatible for, for me and how we started. And um, and then it got to the point where like we just weren't having sex. And I was going to end the relationship. And they were like, I, they were like, I don't care about having sex. I just want to be with you. So why don't we, we like, but we did the work. We like yeah. went to a therapist. We read Ethical Slut. We read Opening Up, like the two seminal books on doing this. Had a lot of conversations, like got ready to do it. But the reality was they didn't want to hook up with other people. They just wanted to be with me. And I was trying to like meet my needs physically. Mm-hmm. And it felt awful. Even yeah. having like the work done, the communication done having only one person really want to do it and act on it still felt like I was cheating even though I had done everything on the up and up. Yeah. It felt awful. And I am just not built. I could try it again. Like moving here to New York has been, like, I think maybe, I don't know what scene or where you came from before you moved to New York, but I feel uh, like. Nebraska. So okay. <laughs> no scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I think also like when you're, for me, I've been a little bit acting out I think sexually since I moved here because it just feels like I'm 16 and gay Same. again it's like yeah. you're going through this other this it's second like a second puberty, puberty. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so I've been I was like testing I've only been here for like a half a year but I've been uh, messing around with like uh, questioning a lot of things and like testing out things in my sex life and with dating but it's reconfirming that no you haven't changed <laughs> yeah you don't actually want to be uh, open but I was like I've been trying since I've been here because it's like oh my god yeah. there's more than like one lesbian at a coffee shop for me to talk to oh yeah. totally they're everywhere <laughs> yeah I think that I, I mean I'm the same way that I've always been a monogamous person mm-hmm. and before or like between my marriages, I guess like the, the night that, um, Cecilia and I first got together, we were both talking about how like we no longer believed in, uh, relationships. We didn't or like long-term relationships or marriage mm-hmm. and didn't even know if we wanted to be like monogamous anymore. <laughs> and then neither of us ever dated anyone else right, right. Af- after that point. Um, but even like, I don't know why I ever thought that even that one night that I thought like, yeah, I'm going to not be monogamous in my next relationship. Like, no, it would have never been. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. It would have never (laughs) been me. Like for me, the, like any, any pleasure that might come from like the thrill of being with someone else is negated by a billion other things. I feel like it can, like, unless you, unless you have two people that are really going in with like the same exact, Mm-hmm. mindset and communicate it I just feel like it only has potential to ruin things yeah, yeah it, totally. can, it can only introduce more more problems that I can never see a situation in which that's worth it and like that's for me why it's always been easy to be uh monogamous because I just I, because the other side of it is just too, it's like, it's chaos. It's I mean, I, I grew up with it. I grew up around yeah. infidelity and I saw what it did both like emotionally and like the toll mm-hmm. it took on, on everybody. So, and, and I mean, that was cheating, but like even, um, like, and I, 
I, I was bad at like casually dating two people at the same time. I was oh, filled I'm with so good at that. I was filled with so much guilt. <laughs> so fucking good at that. Oh my god! If I liked one slightly better than the other, I was it killed me every day. I was I'm like, so I'm good a at monster. Dating. I'm well, a monster. Okay, but Sarah, you liked one more than the other, right? Uh, yeah, always. Yeah, but like, so so one of the hell before I met my girlfriend that I'm with now, who I'm like for sure going to be with forever, I was in my healthiest relationship ever before her was a six-month experience that I had just before I met her in which I was casually, non-exclusively dating one of my, like, one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the, the thing with that is that we went into that together completely openly communicating that this we were not exclusive with each other. We can date whoever the fuck we want. This was like, we're going to go on fun dates. We'll have sex. We'll, you know. And that's that, you know. And we, but that was, that, that, those six months up up to that point in my life were the most was when I was at my most confident and my most honest. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt like I had to hide anything from her because we were just like out in the open. That's what it is. And that's what worked best for us at that time Yeah, because she had just gotten out of a very long, very serious relationship um, that had been kind of blown up by her partner who wanted an open thing anyway. Uh, but we, but I, I, so our needs sort of met at the perfect time where we both like, you know, I had just gotten out of a relationship. Well, sort of just gotten out of one. Um, and we both were just kind of like, yeah, let's just like fucking hang out. Mm-hmm. And if you meet someone, great. If I meet someone, great. Like we can go on dates. We can do whatever. And I felt so free and I felt so like it was just, it was wonderful. But the key there is that we it's when your needs and your communication have to match. Yeah. Like there's, there's no circumstance. And even if your communication is right on, if your needs are still imbalanced, it's not going to work. So for that time period, that's what worked for us. And we're still very good friends. We talk almost every day and she's with, she's monogamous now with someone. And so am I. And it's like, and we're both so fucking happy. And, but we, but that, that like time period was just kind of essential for both of us in different ways. Mm. So I think there's definitely, there's room for it. You know, there's room for those kinds of relationships that are not, I I think, I think monogamy itself is not for everyone. I mean, we know people in our personal life for for whom it's, it's probably never going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're in very healthy, wonderful relationships, but like, I just can't stress enough how important it is that both that like you're both, completely on the same page mm-hmm. and it's not retroactive non-monogamy. right like, retroactive i have yet to see living proof that that works yeah <laughs> every every per every friend i've ever had that like decided to go non-monogamous after being monogamous for a while it's always become it always blows up you know no. but you can i think i've seen it firsthand with friends where you can uh cheat and le- not end a relationship not in the most ideal way usually through cheating Mm -hmm. and then start that new relationship with the person you were like, that was the side piece. That side piece has become for some of my friends, their monogamous long-term partner that they're truly in love with and like would never cheat on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that. That's totally a thing. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I mean, I think like if you're, I've never been like, I've never been in a position where I was cheated on that I know of. I've definitely been in, relationships that I thought were more more serious on my end, but were not on Mm. the other end. And that I was like, in hindsight, I was clearly a rebound. And like that person was just emotionally detached from me and was still hung up on her ex. Yeah. And and all that shit. But if you, I think 
But my instinct was that the whole time I knew it was a bad idea. Yeah. You know, I, I think just trust your instincts and in relationships. If you, if you, if you're the one who feels like you're being emotionally cheated on, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, what's your definitions of cheating? And I know this was in an Oof. episode of the L word, not a season you saw there. Yeah. So it wasn't in the first three. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Obvious. I, I think any violation of whatever boundaries you and your partner have set up. Regard. I mean, yeah. if that's emotional, emotional cheating is a tough one because it's like, uh, what for is me, that? For me, it's doing or saying anything that you wouldn't do or say in front of your. Yes. If, yeah. Doing anything you wouldn't want your partner to, to, to know about. To see or to like read on a message or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like I felt like my ex was like hiding how like how much they were texting yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it in the phone bill and saw that it was just like constant, constant, like morning to night texting. And I was like, I had no idea that you were texting this much with this, this one person. phone number. Right. What yeah. Is, yeah what, what's going on here? You know? Um, oh, and, I forgot that yeah. you saw that like an actual. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I printed it and uh, ran out of paper. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the physical stuff, the like, f- the physical element of cheating, I think, is a little more black and white, mm-hmm. obviously, sure. you know, like making out with someone or having sex or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. What, what's your definition? Like, what do you? I th- I think um, it's definitely physical. And uh, if it's emotional, I, f- I have an easier, weir- even though that hurts more, I weird like I have stayed with, uh, I, to my knowledge, I've only been emotionally cheated on. Um I have no idea, but I think if I, fa- I don't know, this is a hypothetical for being mm-hmm. physically cheated on, but I think that that would actually be such a big, I think that'd be, uh, doesn't make any sense. This is incongruent with like how I actually feel about emotional cheating, but I, I feel like I could actually stay with the person and try to delay breaking up from emotional, but physical, I think I just have to go. I have like really big I agree pride, really big pride and like mm-hmm. self-respect and weirdly, even though intellectually I'm like, oh, but emotional cheating's worse or something about like, oh, now that I know you can physically do it, I'm like, I'm good. I know. I don't know. I, I feel like the weirdly the emotional thing can pass if you're willing, if they're willing to do the work and put up those boundaries. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. ex that tortured me in Vancouver eventually, <laughs> <laughs> eventually did uh, actually, because I was like, I'm breaking up with you because yeah. you're not like, like, you're making me insane with the situation. Yeah. And she was like, uh, called up her ex and was like, we're going to take a break from talking because I don't want to lose my partner. Yeah. And like we worked on it. And then when she started talking to her best friend again, like there was limitations to like what that dynamic was. And so I don't know, that, sh- that showed me that like it was possible because she was willing to kind of break up with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with that completely because that was um, even though I think that the emotional cheating is more painful mm-hmm. when uh, when I was being emotionally cheated on, I was still trying to make things work and I'm like look you haven't done anything that can't be forgiven this is very painful but if you're if you're willing to just cut this person out Mm -hmm. and they weren't and and there's and it wasn't even not only did did they deny that they were having an emotional affair but this other person was also engaged at the time yeah Yeah. like in a relationship at the time and uh so it's not like I didn't even worry too much that something physical might have happened. I mean, that could have been in the realm of possibility, but yeah. 
but they were definitely like both having the non-physical thing was bad enough though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, um, but, but I felt like because it hadn't crossed into physical that I wouldn't be able to get over it where the problem with my other relationship where I was cheated on multiple times, I, I could never get over like the the first two times it happened, I actually broke up with them, mm-hmm. uh, and we were long distance, and I don't know. It was a lot of like breaking up, getting back together, younger, breaking up, yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess like every time they they cheated, I I broke up, and then we always got back together, yeah, eventually because I made the mistake of like keeping that person in my life and letting yeah. them guilt trip me, yeah, and, uh, and that kept me from being able to move on, yeah. to to anybody else, but the the anger of like being physically in the first couple times it was like just kissing but the the third time it was like full on sex with somebody the else. full enchilada yeah yeah and that was <laughs> that was really hard for me to, yeah. to get past i think like and also i think to kind of like put a bow on this for like the queer community particularly queer women when m- women and men are in relationships to, you know, and they break up, there's a little more of like a, obviously in within like the confines of like the gender binary and blah, blah, blah. in like the straight says head community, there's, it's easier for women and men to be like, don't talk. Like, why are you still talking to your ex? You know, like, yeah. whereas in queer communities, right. we often remain friends with our exes. Right. Sure. More so than I think any other community. Like, yeah. obviously I can't speak on straight people's behalf, but from, every one of my straight friends are not friends with their ex-boyfriends, you yeah. know, or, and vice versa. So in, it's probably like, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably have a situation where they're with someone who is still best friends with their ex. Yep. Still fucking feels like a little bit annoyed about, you know, about it. And obviously everyone's situation is different, but I think it is important to listen to your gut if you feel like you're being gaslit about your partner's friendship with their ex. And if it is, even if it's not like, it's kind of one of those things like impact is what's important, not intent. Mm -hmm. If you feel like your, your partner, girlfriend, whatever is, uh, like a little too emotionally, like the, has not set up good boundaries with their their ex or their best friend or whatever, it's okay to ask for, for those, for those boundaries to be set. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. If you feel like there's something up, then there probably is, you know, like I just don't be, don't let yourself be made to feel crazy about it because it's such a common occurrence in our community. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like for us, like particularly for queer women, it's such a common thing in our, in our world to remain friends with exes. And if you have a problem with it, that's okay. You're not crazy. You're not overreacting. However you feel is the truth. And that's okay. That's what happened to me. The, the first time I was cheated on was that they made out with their ex Mm -hmm. who I knew when we got together, they still weren't over, but I was just so excited to have a chance to be with this person. I was like, Oh, they're going to get over their ex in no time now that I'm in town. And, Boy, did that not happen. (laughs) (laughs) And I was being gaslit the entire time about how, like, I knew they weren't over it, but just about how not over it they were. Yeah. To the point where um, the ringtone 
for their ex was Blink 182's I Miss You. Yikes. Oh my God. That Ew, is so, right? Okay, now I know the exact time period in which this took place. Yeah. I want to break a skateboard over them. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. <laughs> it was, yeah. I want to dress like Avril Lavigne. Yeah. 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 What do y'all think about when your friends are cheating? Oof, that's tough. That's a great question. I, I've been in that situation so I'm many times. I'm trying to think if I've been in a situation where, no, I mean, no, the situation, well, so here's, uh, it would be hypothetical for me. The situation I've most, I've more found myself in is that I know that my friend is being cheated on, but there's no like evidence for it and we're just angry. Yeah. But if you're like good friends with someone who is like actively cheating on their partner, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, the biggest factor involved is how good of friends am I with their partner? If it's kind of like, oh, this yeah, is my friend's husband, people, or if it's like, this guy's like one of my good friends, right. and she's, you know, or, or whatever, whatever right. the situation is. My immediate, my knee jerk to that is like, just fucking leave me out of it. Don't like, don't make me your alibi. Yeah. I don't want to get involved in your lie, you know? Yeah, no, don't be like, involved in the, the lie, but I think that I, it's, it's tough because normally I'd be like, I would stay out of it, but mm-hmm. also tell my friend, like, maybe you should break up or be exactly. honest about this or l- like about do it. something, yeah. but there, there's something going on there and try to be yeah. open and available in like a non-judgmental way uh, because maybe they just like really need someone to talk to. Right. Yeah. But then I also have a friend who was cheated on a lot by her boyfriend. And had I, had I known that he was doing that, I would have gone to her immediately. Right, right. Yeah. And, but if it's and, your and friend that's the, that's the one doing it, that's tough. Yeah. Cause you're like, I, I think what you said is right. Like the immediate conversation would be like, okay, especially at the age we're at now, I'd be like, yeah. you guys need to have a conversation about this. This relationship obviously isn't working. Why don't you proceed mm-hmm. with that or go to therapy or whatever? Like do something other than just fuck somebody else. Right. Um, but yeah, it kind of, I wouldn't personally get involved. Like I wouldn't go tell on them necessarily. Yeah. What's the situation you're in? Yeah. I oh, this like just, I mean, I've been in a couple of wild ones. So I was one of my, a very dear old friend who's been married for a long time was hooking up with a mutual. I was like friends with her husband and then also friends with a guy that she was like basically doing everything with in town because her husband didn't really like to go out. Mm-hmm. And they and they would just like be out in our friend group and everyone thought that they were husband and wife, but they weren't. That was the significant other. Oh, wow. So that was really hairy. And there was a lot of like lie for me. But the most recent situation, I was friends with oh, fucking straight couples, friends with <laughs> yeah. another straight couple. And I was I've originally like it was like one of my best friends was the dude. And uh, I could see that he was starting to like act out in our friend group and like other guy friends were not calling him out on it. And I was like, yo, you need to, now that I know your girlfriend, I love her and she's my friend too now. So like buck the fuck up and Mm -hmm. decide what you're going to do. Yeah. And then in the meantime, I knew he was cheating on her. And so what I would do is I would just go to her and be like, I know you're miserable in this relationship. You need to get out. So I never actually said. Yeah. And now. Now I don't talk to him and she's my bestest friend. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. But during the time period where this was going on, it went on for like a year and a half. And that's super awkward. And people that do that put their friends in a yeah. really tough position, especially if you're good friends with with the couple, like as a exactly. unit. Like it's kind of a fucked up thing to like right. expose your friend. If you're going to do that shit, don't let your friends find out either. Yeah. You, know? it, you need, everybody needs to be in the dark. There's, yeah. There's also a difference between not that one feels better than the other for the person being cheated mm-hmm. on, but between like 
being drunk and like having bad judgment or like yeah. a situation like an thing. affair kind of thing. But, yeah. but but if you're just like, I don't care, I'm gonna do whatever I want and uh-huh. are just like a repeat offender, then that's like a situation yeah. where I feel like the other person kind of And if you start involving your friends as like accessories to right. the crime, like if especially you're texting your friends like, hey, if she if he or she calls, I'm say I'm with you. Say I say we did. Yeah. did this yes. thing or whatever. Or don't don't post on social media tonight because I told I told them that I'm with you. Yes. Like it, no, fuck off. You, yeah. You can also you can have you can have your own little scheme going on, but I'm not involved in that. I think if you know cheating has gone on and the other person doesn't know it and they become engaged. Yeah. I think you kind of have to say something. Ugh, I know. But then you're like, oh my God, that's so much pressure. It's yeah. so much pressure, but I, if you're I think gonna like save if, someone from- if, if I was in that situation, I would want to fucking know, oh, I know. before mm-hmm. like legally yeah. entering. And if it blows up in your face and like, if both of the friends are like, fuck you, we're great. We worked through our problems and you snitched on him. I was like, all right, fine. I'm not friends with either of you then. Yeah. yeah. I don't want your yeah. I feel bullshit like it, drama it's anyway. It's worth risking yeah. the, the friendship. To, <laughs> it depends on like the character of the You're jumping involved. on a grenade there. Totally. And yeah. I think that's needed. Yeah. All right. Well, cheating. Probably you shouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just communicate about your needs for God's sake. Yeah. Communicate. Yeah. <laughs> communicate. Get therapy. Uh-huh. And our listener question. Great. Okay. Uh, My girlfriend and I both have our own shit going on and we've been together for almost a year and it's pretty serious. Uh, I'm on medication and see a counselor regularly. My girlfriend has been struggling really hard with her own mental health lately and is resistant to medication but willing to try counseling. She's concerned that we trigger each other. We are still learning how to work together so that both our needs are met. I'm wondering if you have ever had any experience or know of folks who have experienced a relationship when both partners are struggling with their mental health. I found that it's not an easy topic to research. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Welcome to every relationship I've had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been in a relationship where we both trigger each other's oh, worst yeah. instincts yep. constantly and it didn't work out. And yeah. now we're both way happier not with each other. Yeah. That's my the extent of my experience. Regardless of any mental health issues involved, if you're... Yeah, I think triggering they're, they're each other. Different. If you're picking fights, and if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're just kind of like have this adversarial relationship in that way, it's not good. I think I, everyone has like a natural response to conflict or situations, and if I it becomes this like really uh, like traumatic dance that you do, where mm-hmm. like this person does this thing that you don't like, and it makes you respond in a way that then sets them they up. Don't like, like yeah, and then everyone's yeah. like, someone's angry, someone's crying. It always becomes, I don't know, I was in a couple of relationships like this, and it just became very clear that it was like, we can work on this till we're mm-hmm. blue in the face. We're just not meant to be together. Yeah. Like, you light a firecracker and yeah. you throw it into a pile of fireworks, yeah. and all of a sudden, pop, 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 it all just goes off. Because then yeah. you see how easy it can be when you're dating someone mm-hmm. who is just like maybe a little bit lighter in the areas you're not. And you find like you can realize like oh we're naturally already so much more comp- like complimenting each other even if I think most people have mental health issues. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. Think- yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't. Yeah, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think two people having mental health issues like it a lot of times it's like how much is someone willing to admit to them? Yeah. One and um, that. Like you both said, it depends on if the triggers are something that you really can't talk through or work around or mm-hmm. be or worse that you intentionally set off on each other to elicit an emotional reaction, that yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, you know, from my own experience, so Cecilia struggles with uh, PTSD 
and uh, is on medication for that and goes to therapy. And I have been going to therapy recently. I'm not on medication, but I do have like increasing anxiety issues and going to therapy has helped a lot. And uh, one thing that we do is we talk about our therapy session, which you like don't have to do, but mm-hmm. we actually like enjoy telling each other what we've learned about ourselves. And yeah. then uh, that way when things happen and um, our reactions are triggered by either our, um, you know, for her, her PTSD and whatever issues that she has and my reactions to things are triggered by anxiety, we're both aware of like that's what's going on yeah, and can kind of like call it out and ground the situation immediately and be like, oh, this is this isn't about what just transpired here. This is actually about this thing that you're dealing with. And it's like, oh, wow, you're right. Let me just like take sec- like 10 seconds and to And that's always the down. case, yeah. right? It's yeah. never about the thing you're talking about. Yes. Never. Also, never. I think to the listener, even though like we're talking in generalities, I think it's so important that regardless, regardless of whether this relationship works out or not, like you're learning really important stuff for future relationships, even if y'all are in a triggering situation, mm-hmm. little negative dance that you can't get out of. So like pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. 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 The fact that she's open to, to counseling is yeah, that's great. Rad. Uh, I understand being resistant to medication. Uh, you know, some people, there, there's nothing wrong with being on medication, but I know that until like... Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can't function day to day that I wouldn't want to be on medication. Sure. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of success with a common, especially a combination of therapy and meds. You yeah. Know, that's great. Like, like it, I, but I, it depends on the person. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I know people who, like, didn't wait until it got, like, there is a danger in waiting until it gets to, like, yeah. a really bad point to yeah. get on medication. I know some people with just, like, moderate anxiety who have recently gone on anti-anxiety meds and they're like, wow, I didn't know that life could be this much better. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but yeah, just, just be patient and keep communicating and, uh, hopefully. And if it doesn't get any better then break up Yeah, and use this as, uh, a, you know, put this in your toolkit for your next relationship. Totally. Perfect. So Caitlin, where can people find you on social media and come see your shows? Um, so I, my user handle is the Caitlin Reese, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and then my website is just CaitlinReese.com. And, uh, on my Insta stories, I always, uh, usually put up where I'm going. So I'm going to, I just got into San Francisco Sketchfest. Awesome. So I'll be out oh, there in so January. Fun. I'm really excited. Cool. And then I'm going to do Fest next week, next weekend in Gainesville, Florida, which is like a punk rock festival that's going to have a comedy tent going on Saturday and Sunday. Ooh. Yeah. It's like Dag Nasty and Joyce Manor. And like against me and cool. uh, ah, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm right very, it got sold out like in 48 hours. So that's amazing. Or it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting doing comedy in a tent during the day. <laughs> but I think there's gonna be a lot of drunk punks who are like. <laughs> Let's check out what's going on yeah, in here. Cool. Well, yeah. I know from Bonnaroo, the comedy tent was like the only air conditioned place in all of Bonnaroo. Yeah. So oh, nice. it was always like, yeah. uh, let's check out what comedy is going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, awesome. And then you can follow us at Diking Out on every handle. And uh, you can follow me at TGI Carolyn. And I'm at the Sarah York. Thank you so much for Diking Out with us. See Bye. you soon. Later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.